0: The heat and strength of a fire is in its coals. If you go on enough retreats, you will eventually hear the analogy that faith is like a fire. It starts flashy and big, like the initial flames on newspaper or kindling. But those flames are vulnerable, vulnerable. If they do not spread to the big logs or if they are confronted by a strong gust of wind, it is easy for the fire to go out. However, after the fire burns for a time, a bed of coals develops under the wood, which maintains the heat and strength of the fire and prevents it from going out so easily. Coals are not as flashy or exciting but they are absolutely necessary for the fire to continue. If you have heard this analogy before, it may sound overplayed, but I actually return to it a lot because this dynamic so often holds true in my own spiritual life and the spiritual lives of people that I work with. Many, if not most of us, have learned to equate faith with Emotion. If I leave church feeling good, we might say, I have had an experience of God. If my heart moves when I pray, that means God was there. If I am excited or happy or optimistic or joyful, these are signs that I am in a good place with God. And this is not necessarily wrong. The Lord absolutely can and does speak through our emotions, nowhere more strongly than our initial steps into prayer and worship. There is nothing wrong with flames on a fire, and they are necessary at the beginning. The problem is that we are tempted to believe that the reverse is true as well. That if we do not have positive feelings in church, or if our heart does not move during prayer, or if we go through a bout of depression or sadness or cynicism, that somehow we are not in a good place with God. That something has gone wrong in our spiritual lives, and we are somehow cut off from him. But this is like saying that the entire fire is just the flames. We have all seen fires reduced to coals. And yet give that fire a new log and a strong breath, and it will spring back with full strength and vigor. Even without the flames, the fire persisted and never went out, because the strength and the heat are in the slow-burning coals. Faith is the coals and not the flames. Faith is what persists in the good and the bad, in the exciting and the boring, in the joyful and the sorrowful. The goal of the Christian life is not to jump from one exciting God experience to another, but to develop a long-term, slow-burning relationship with our Creator that informs and fuels every aspect of our life, no matter what we are facing, no matter what comes our way. We certainly need flames from time to time, but it is the coals that really matter. Our second reading today is especially poignant in speaking about the persistent nature of faith. St. James uses an agricultural analogy. He says, "'See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth.'" being patient with it until it receives the early and the late rains. The thing about planting a seed is that it remains unseen for months. It requires waiting and trusting without any proof that things will turn out all right. St. James also says, Take as an example of hardship and patience, the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. This is an even more striking analogy for those familiar with the prophetic books, because nearly every prophet in the Bible called the Israelites to conversion without ever seeing that conversion take place. These prophets sacrificed their reputations and oftentimes their lives to preach a message that they never saw come to fruition. Nevertheless, they persisted. The deep-burning coals of their faith kept their zeal alive. Note well that faith does not look like a cheerless stoicism, where we slog through the bad times without any expectation of improvement. Instead, it really does look like the prophets and the farmers Maybe we do not see the fruit yet. Maybe we will never see the fruit. But we trust that it will come all the same. We know that the Lord will work and that our faith will always bear fruit. This, by the way, is the theological virtue of hope. Hope is believing that God will fulfill his promises. Hope is our first reading, where Isaiah tells us all of the beautiful things that the Lord will do for his people. Hope is saying, especially in the bad times, that I believe that God is working even now. Hope is the Israelites waiting a millennium for another Moses or for a second David. Hope is us today awaiting the Lord's return. For now, in prayer and the sacraments, ultimately in his second coming. And what does hope look like concretely in our lives? In all things, hope is believing that God does and will take care of us. When we pray, hope looks like trying regularly, every day, even when prayer seems dry, boring, and uninteresting. Hope means believing that God is still working with us, working on us, and that our prayer will bear fruit if we persist. Hope means believing that even when we feel like we have nothing to bring to him, God still has plenty to bring to us. When we struggle and we suffer, hope is believing that God will give us exactly the strength we need to endure. Hope is realizing that the fact that we are even managing to wake up in the morning and get through the day is already the grace of God at work, that our persistence is itself a miracle. Hope is knowing that even in our pain, God still cares for us, even from the cross. When we are anxious or fearful, hope is believing that God will find a way, even if it is not our preferred way. Sometimes God does not take away the problem, but he always addresses the problem, maybe by changing the way we look at it, maybe by taking us in another direction entirely. Hope is believing, without seeing it now, that God will fulfill his promises and that God will take care of us. The slow-burning coals of our faith allow us to feel the heat of hope, even in the cold night of desolation. In our gospel today, St. John the Baptist is cautiously hopeful. He has heard about the works of Jesus and is wondering if, finally, he is witnessing the fulfillment of God's messianic promises. Would John have gone to the desert anyway and preached as God asked him to preach? Yes, of course. He is not a reed swayed by the wind. He is a prophet, and yes, even more than a prophet. But at the end... John also received the blessing of knowing, before he died, that his hope had been fulfilled in Jesus. Advent is all about waiting and watching and hoping, but with the strange twist that we already know how the story ends. Jesus has come, and he will come again. Our hope is anticipatory, but it has also already been fulfilled. Maybe this is the attitude that each of us is called to adopt this Advent and beyond, an anticipation, awaiting for the promises of God to be fulfilled in our lives, paired with a certainty that he will act and he will take care of us. And maybe we, like St. John the Baptist, will also be privileged before the end to glimpse the fruits of a faith and a hope that persist.